In the triad of North Carolina where Emerald Hills roll, the Sharp loan team is on a mission to achieve housing goals. With St. Patrick's Day coming, it's a time of luck and cheer. Let's seize the moment and make your dream home appear. Like a pot of gold at Rainbow's End, your perfect house awaits. You'll need a pre-approval to have better rates. In the fields of Winston-Salem where four-leaf clovers grow, we'll guide you through the process, keeping you in the know. This March, when it's warmer and luck and magic fill the air, your home sweet home is waiting for your tender loving care. So don't delay, reach out today and let's embark on this quest with luck and expertise. We'll ensure you're truly blessed. Together we'll find your treasure at Rainbow's Shining End. With the Sharp Loan Team, you'll always have a friend. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the Downtown Winston-Salem Podcast. This is Jason Thiel with the Downtown Winston-Salem Partnership. And today... We have a very special podcast. We're out here on the back patio at Incendiary Brewing, and we're with Brandon Branscombe and John Bacon, the owners of Incendiary Brewing. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you much for having oh, thank us. You. Thank Glad. you for having us here at the uh, the brewery. Yeah, down in the coal pit, man. It's a great place. It really is. And today's a wonderful day. It's a Thursday, and it's sunny. We've had trains come by and planes fly overhead. And like most of our podcasts with fire trucks going by, this is downtown, and the, the thing that really, so many people, so many great photos have been taken down here. A lot of great memories have been a part of it, and they love coming down here. You guys have hosted concerts, and you guys have really made a change to the culture and our climate of our city, and congratulations on that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's a really big deal. It had to be when you guys made the decision. Where were you guys in the, um, in the overall Bailey Power Plant tenant kind of hit list were you guys first to sign or last to sign or somewhere in the middle when we first came looked at the building it was a pretty much an empty building uh, gravel floors you looked up five stories to the top now alma came in before us and i believe on the retail side we were number two i think they opened in may and we opened in september and what year was this is 2018 2018 yep i remember that and it was can you believe that's like five six years ago well, it's one of those things like kind of having kids. I mean, it feels like it was yesterday, and it feels like it was 30 years ago. Like, Yeah, I imagine so. Well, I remember coming down here before it was ever renovated, and um, I remember standing on the parking deck that's just to the east of the, uh, the pit here. And at that time, um, Susan Cameron was the CEO, and she donated uh, the folks in the Innovation Quarter money for the uh, Brownfield restoration of this uh, yep. space. Yep. I've just had a, a real, but it doesn't happen without the programming and the insight of what you guys have provided. And I wanted to tell people a little bit more about you guys and what brought you to this station in life. And are you guys from Winston-Salem's area, general area? Are you guys from here? Yeah, uh, I was born and raised here. Um, John moved here when he yeah. was 12. Yeah, middle school, I moved here. How about that? So yeah, we both graduated from North Forsyth High School. Um, John moved, or he went to college at NC State for a little while and uh, finished his degree at UNC Greensboro, and I went to UNC Greensboro, and that, that's kind of how we uh, got started brewing, too. There. Do you guys do any of the brewing, or do you guys have a brewmaster? So it started off uh, kind of both. We were smart enough to know that we didn't know everything, and so we definitely wanted to hire some professionals starting out. Uh, we kind of worked our recipes into a commercial system, 
Um, it once you see how commercial brewing is done coming from a home brewing world like you, you know it's not the same at all it, it, there's so much more to it we're so, so the answer is no now yeah <laughs> we, we these guys ourselves. really know what they're doing yeah the brewmasters yeah they're we, really good yeah we've promoted ourselves we actually have a very very smart educated staff now uh, app state has a fermentation program that we've been plugged into and kind of pluck people out of there um, a lot of the brewers we hire come from other breweries too there's for whatever reasons in their lives we're moving to this area and we've been very very fortunate we've got a great staff are you guys active in the uh statewide uh brewers association is that what it's called yeah the brewers guild yeah yes. uh i actually talked to lisa the president of the brewers guild on tuesday about some some issues that concern us um yeah we're we're Members there, we're probably not as active as we should be. Lisa's great because you can always reach out, and she's very quick to respond. And, and like I, said, I texted her a question, and she called me right back, and we, you know we had a 15-minute conversation. It was great. Did you guys? Uh, what made you think about? Was it the Innovation Quarter itself, or were you guys looking for a downtown location, or did this location speak to you? Hmm. So and. Our number one thing when we were looking for our location was outdoor space. Outdoor space. Yeah. So, like, when, like, you know, I've got a young family, two young, small kids, and whenever we travel, we would always visit breweries and things. And so my kids are very acclimated to, like, visiting breweries. Uh-huh. The places that always worked better for us, the, the places that had outdoor space. And so when, when it's a day like this, it's February, yeah. you know, it's 65 and sunny, everybody wants to be outside. So when we started narrowing down, like, you know, what part of town do we want to be in? And it, outdoor space was key. And so we kind of focused on that. It did require vision because, you know, as you alluded to earlier, like this, this innovation quarter isn't, it wasn't then what it is now. Yeah. And so you definitely had to have some, some forward thinking vision. Well, I think you guys nailed that. And, um, John, uh, do you think that um, some of the events here uh, have uh, formed some relationships like marriages and other people that have met here? I saw somebody on one of the Winston-Salem today saying that they met for pizza or they met at here and now they're married. Did you see that? I no, no, I did not see that. on Winston-Salem today. I yeah, saw it. You saw it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to make it feel pretty good. But I do believe at least at one concert I was at, there was a proposal that happened. It's... You know, we had that happen at our summer concerts too. We had, and then they came back and got married during the intermission many years later. Yeah. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It's, I, cool uh, be, it's cool to be part of that. Uh, it's know? fun to be a part of the community. And, you know, um, you guys have brought in some really fantastic music and musical acts. Do you guys, are you guys at the point where you're talking about the upcoming season with musical acts? We, we are. We've almost uh, nailed down this coming years uh concert we're trying or series we're trying to get a little bit ahead of it you know we're always reactive and ever since covid things have been much more difficult trying to schedule and plan and i think we're finally starting to get ahead of that curve there was a period of time where you guys were doing saturday night concerts the same time that we were doing summer on liberty Mm -hmm. and people asked me about that and i said guys the more events we can have downtown the better and now we changed our format a little bit and moved to 4th Street and that was widely publicized but we don't have as many conflicting nights but you guys we there's really not a night one from like April to uh, September October where there's not some live music of some scale uh, somewhere downtown yep and you know with a lot of these more regional and national acts they kind of tell you the dates that you can that they can be here 
Yeah. It's unfortunate when there is overlap sometimes. I mean, obviously, yeah. but it's going to happen with as many people putting on events and music now. It's more the merrier, is my yep. opinion. And you know, there was a time in Winston Salem when people avoided doing conflicting events on the same day. Now I think they add more to the flavor of maybe out-of-town visitors coming for the weekend. Like if we can double up with River Run and maybe another festival, the more that we can do, like a baseball game the same day, all of it, you know, is more to me the better. So that was kind of the idea of like the whole brewing industry, you know, is everybody piggyback. So a lot of times when you look at a new city, breweries would go in together in the same sort of areas. And, you know, it, it just, to your point, it would just bring more and more people. And, you know, for what clicks with one person doesn't click with another and something so yeah if you've got multiple things going on it just brings more and more crowds when the weather warms up so does the real estate market sounds obvious right it's true spring typically means more home sales but how will the current interest rates affect people's decisions what about inventory is it high or low and does that benefit the buyer or the seller and how do those factors take into account a certain price point or area of the triad? Now it's not so obvious, is it? That's why you should turn to the Ginther Group to make sense of it all. You need someone you can rely on to assess your situation, read the data and trends, and steer you in the right direction. Interest rates, inventory, even new construction. There are so many factors that impact our local market. And you should get your information from the folks right here in our backyard. Contact Blake Ginther and the Ginther Group today, 336-283-8689, or visit theginthergroup.com. Buying, selling, investing, or just learning, whatever you need, start now. And like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. You know, one of the things that you talked about this place, and I think the future is going to be about place and people wanting to be in distinct places. And this place will be timeless. This place will be cool to be in 50 years. You see the... Uh, There's nothing like it. It really isn't. The support columns for the uh, trestles on the uh, rail, uh, rail lines and just the lighting, the location, yep. the proximity to the skyline. When you have people come in from out of town and they comment to you, what are some of the comments that you say or hear that are hopefully more positive than negative? Yeah, just mostly talking about how picturesque it is. Like, it, yeah. you know, to that point, you know, it's nothing like anywhere else you go to. Like, if you visit, you know, not to dog on any other cities in, in North Carolina, but when you visit their downtowns, like, they don't have a space like this. There's just not that opportunity. And even when we were looking at expanding into different markets, when we would go talk to realtors there, that that's the first thing they would say to us is like, "There's nothing here like what you have." Like, you guys <laughs> really hopped on when there really isn't many other spaces that are uniquely like this in this old industrial power plant. Man, I've walked through this building in its worst days and seen like, for instance, Plant 64 when it caught on fire, and the entire like walkway between the streets burned down one night and. Walking through with the developer when they had the skid steer just ramming through dirt debris and doing the demolition. <laughs> and But the thing that also is really cool is back in the day, like for there was really a period of time where there are very few microbreweries and it was macro breweries almost throughout the same time where like the 1970s to the 1990s, which was really about when I came of age. And comparing as a kid where my parents would take me was we had a big birthday party at Pizza Hut and that was a big deal or we went to the mall 
And we spent the whole day at the mall and ended at the movie theater, which was attached to the mall. But we'd go to Aladdin's Castle. I went to Aladdin's Castle. The food court. <laughs> yeah. And that was about as good as it got for us. And this is a much better situation, in my opinion, uh, for families to come and be together. It's, it's very different now. Yeah, so I went to Aladdin's Castle. Uh, ironically, I took my oldest to the mall last Friday. We got done. I picked him up from school early, and we had some, some errands to run real quick. Went to the mall and tried to get some shoes, and yeah, it's a, it's a much different vibe. It's not what it was when, when we were kids. Man, it was really the place to be, but breweries have, have made a comeback, and what do you guys attribute that to, do you think? I, I think part of it is attainable knowledge. You know, to go way back to the very beginning when we first started, we were terrible at it. Yeah, there was no internet or practical internet to go check to see, okay, what are we doing wrong? What do we need to do different? So I think the ability for people without getting that degree to learn that knowledge is there. But on the other side, you know, there is the interest. you know, growing up, I wouldn't imagine people would bring families to a bar. Here, I would say our best customer base is young families. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, well, you come here and you just see um, so many tables, so many people, so many smiling faces. And it really, it really um, changes the atmosphere of what people think of our city. And I have to say, our business owners are always our best uh, ambassadors for our city. And I think from our standpoint, the, um, the bicycle race each year has got to be a big part of the year, a lot of big festivals. And this area, we've had so much growth in this area. We're going to have so much more housing. And I think the future for our city is really great. You know, ask, you know say I'm the cheerleader for downtown, but we have a lot going on. And um, one of the challenges that we see is maybe less people working in the office since the pandemic. And that's something that every city in the country has changed. But one of the things that helped us is we have more people living downtown. Do you have a lot of people that walk here from their residences, you think? Yeah, we, we, we did see a downturn when you know COVID hit. Everybody's working from home. Um, I think a lot of that is starting to come back. You can kind of see it in the numbers. But yeah, having the local resident, one of our favorite stories is, uh, was it last year or year before last when it snowed real bad? And yeah, so you know, everybody's closed and you know, it's, it's high snow and you know, no, nothing's open. John and another buddy come down like, you yeah, know, let's just open the bar and yeah, just wow. see who walks in. And yeah, and you get this great camaraderie of all your local what neighbors. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know everybody's just so thankful that you were here, and you know you you opened up the place, and everybody gets to hang out together. That was like the neighborhood bar uh, in Philadelphia, and you know Rick Billiards was always like that. They always open on snow days, and you guys opening up, particularly if they can uh, find some warmth. Do you guys have heaters and stuff for people? <laughs> Not out here. <laughs> we Not used to, here. yeah, and it, it honestly didn't serve real it, well. But it, it's a tough game to play. Yeah, I mean you have to refill those tanks daily there, there's a lot of places to put tanks here and they don't really put off as much like general you gotta be standing right next to them to get warm yeah. yeah that's true i agree i remember going to the bars in the 20s those would a heater would stay full because everybody's sitting around smoking at it yeah. <laughs> now yeah that that's a lesser percentage of our consumer base yeah. <laughs> when you guys came up with the name incendiary you guys had the location drive the name, is that fair to say? Yeah, that's definitely. correct. Yeah, we had different name ideas planned beforehand, but yeah, that the name came from the location. 
Well, that's cool. And I, that had to be kind of like a very creative time where you guys are looking at floor plans and names and branding and all that kind of stuff. Hundreds of lines of text. What about this name, this name, yeah. this name? I, I can still remember sitting on the beach with uh, my family and just like texting back and forth. This one, this one, it's this a big one. decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all your marketing, yeah. And did you finally like come to a name in, in, in unison that it's just like, yes, we got it? So I feel like we felt that way. Uh, and then when you start like pitching it out to people, you know, and, and everybody gives you their feeling on it. You know, it's a difficult word to say. It kind of sounds like this and all, all the negatives. And my argument all was that, you know, the marketing of it works perfect. Say the name 20 times and it's going to roll off your tongue. Like, it'll just, it'll just become natural. And, well, I think it picks up the industrial uh, narrative really well. And oh, yeah. it's also like uh, a, a departure from like how you get into a bubble where like neighborhoods, housing developments, subdivisions are always named after some, a form of a tree and then an adjective yeah. or, <laughs> or, or a street of a hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it just recycles, you know, we don't have any kind of unique names, but we have a lot of like interesting names in the, uh, in the world of brewing. So that was one of our, uh, monikers too, that we held on to like, I want a name of a brewery that when you just say the first word, everybody knows where you mean. Yeah, and you guys got that. Yeah, and so, yeah, if you say, we're going to meet an incendiary, nobody has to ask which incendiary. And it's one one of those things where people also don't question it anymore. It's it's kind of, what is that, migrated into the culture? It it is now, but what, you know, being this unique space, it was difficult to find us in the beginning, too. So that was a lot of the feedback we were getting is that, oh, you know, you need to, like, let people know where you are a little more, all this, and... There were some challenges there, too, but, like, it almost became, like, a a, a cool kid kind of thing. Like, if you knew where Incendiary was, then, Uh. then you were in. It's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor. And that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Yeah, and then you guys really got hooked up with Cugino Forno next to you, and the pizza and the beer connection makes a pretty nice combination. Who could imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to joke. When, yeah, now when you say incendiary, it was like, yeah, I love their pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, on, go on to Google and search for incendiary. The The first drop down will be incendiary brew, and the second one is incendiary pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, uh, I, you know, ne- never have I eaten pizza after drinking beer. Never, not one time. Not you once. should try it today. Well, <laughs> no, but the relationship with those guys has been great for both of us. We used to, well, when I was in Philadelphia, we'd go to South Street and other places in Philadelphia. That's where I went to college. And 
you'd always have to get a cheesesteak after going out for uh, on a Friday and Saturday night, and they had Pats and Geno's and other things. But the imagine having a place right next to where you were hanging out for the night. Yep. That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Get you get some bread and some grease, and you're good. Well, I think just even working in this environment, like it would be uh, a pretty nice day to be able to come down and enjoy some lunch at lunchtime and come here after work. So, fellas, tell me about the beers that you guys have, the, the actual brands, and which ones um, you would like your customers to uh, describe your, your beer products. So, uh, I think, historically, Honey Blonde has been our number one selling beer down here. It's a nice, easy-drinking uh, ale. It's, you know, around, right under 5%. Um, like I said, it's, it's very approachable, super flavorful. Utilize local honey in yeah, that beer. All the honey comes within two miles of this location, so it's, it's very important to us. And it, like I said, it's been a staple. I think this year uh, we started brewing this German light lager. Actually, we brewed it last year, uh, we, and we're calling it Coal Pit Pills, you know, because we're right here in the coal pit. It's a Winston Salem staple now, and so like we're that's going to be like one of our main things this summer. We're trying to figure out ways that we can uh, use that as, like fundraising opportunities for other local uh, chapters here that. Uh, different things that we partake in. Um, our IPAs and barrel-aged beers are probably our most popular beers. Um, the barrel-aged stuff, we just brought back our Ember Society, which is a, a private club where you pre-purchase membership and you get allocated certain bottles throughout the year. Um, our IPAs, we always keep Shift. Shift is what opened Incendiary. It was uh, what won us national awards on homebrewing stage and it, that really, really was what the catalyst for incendiary brewing. Um, we're, we're venturing out into a couple smaller ABV IPAs right now, trying to figure out the right blend of what could be a core. And then obviously, we're like 90% of the beers are still one-offs that we like to play with and have fun. I think, new, I think we're a little different there where so much of our menu is constantly rotating. You know, we, we mentioned before we have very good brewers, but one of the things is to keep them happy is allow them to continue to be creative. Yeah, they want to be creative. They're artists too, right? Yeah, yeah they want to try new things all the time. And, and then some of them really stick and you keep them or you keep bringing them back for... Yeah, some of them will keep bringing them back and some... Yeah. So, yeah, last year we won two gold medals at World Beer Cup. I think we were the only brewery in the country, or actually the world, that How won two that? golds in World Beer Cup. Did you guys put that out in a press release and I missed it? Or did you guys, uh, it, modesty, it, got it, the better No, we at least announced the, uh, the Swartz Beer and the Porter. Uh, the year before that, we won silver for our Italian Pilsner Polita. Where are these uh, festivals and uh, competitions held at? Um, they're always held wherever uh, Craft Brewers Conference is held. Um, this year is in Vegas. Yeah, this year is Vegas. I'd imagine so. When you guys get a whole worldwide group of brewers joining together, I bet that hits the market. Even when we have the North Carolina brewers come here like they did a month ago, it was a big deal for us. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah the local bars do well. <laughs> <laughs> and same thing, we, we always partner with the, uh, the NC Brewers Guild, too. Uh, we're one of the host spots when they're uh, nights out some bar crawls and stuff too. man i have to say so happy for you guys it gives me goosebumps thinking about it i remember my first day on the job i had a call from brian cole who was still with foothills that year and he wanted me to help him with putting together their first anniversary uh celebration and it's it's really uh to is think that, about 12 years now i was yes more than that yeah it's <laughs> it is like thinking about just you guys being here for six 
Yeah. We're coming up on six, yeah. Congratulations, guys. What are any future things that you guys want to talk about? Anything that maybe uh, people don't know about you that you'd like them to know? Uh, We're kind of pumping the brakes right now. Like, um, so you may know in 2022, we opened up our production facility in West Bend, uh, about 13 miles west of here. Uh, It's the former uh, West Bend Vineyard. We purchased and opened a 30 barrel production facility there. Uh, we are currently in the process of reinventing, I think, the, the vineyard and the farm. We've got some plans uh, to create like an orchard slash vineyard project out there. It's going to be like a five-year plan. We produced a wine festival for many years called the Salute Wine Festival. And I got to know many of the prominent winemakers in town. And Mark Terry, who since passed away, he was the winemaker out there. And Lillian Cristalis was the owner. But we knew all the folks in the who are the kind of the winemakers and the owners of the wineries, except for the Sheltons. I mean, they, they had people that do it for them and some of the others, but we have a really great maturing uh, wine uh, growing community and it's very tight, but I know that it's also very hard work owning a, a winery and the, the seasons and, and getting through it. To be clear, yeah, we don't ever plan on producing wine. Yeah. yeah. Different skill set, different um, license for yeah. that matter. Yeah. Um, what we have done out there is plan it towards aesthetics, you know, to give it that beautiful look you know, that it once had. But when we took over the property, all the, the vines had been dead for years. So it's kind of to make it look like it's old glory. Well, that's really, uh, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful farm. So uh, it's going to be really nice. And um I think for um, the future of um, the business here, you guys keep providing the great, great product and music. Do you see anything that um, um, you guys would want to talk about any further? One way we want to kind of venture out and do something a little different this year is we plan on putting on a 5K race around Halloween time. Do you guys have a running club that's affiliated with you guys? Actually, currently we do not. it's kind of a resource thing, and to be honest with you, some of the other breweries in town have really good ones. Uh, my wife goes, runs at the Fiddlin' Fish one. Yeah, she enjoys it. It's a very friendly industry in you that can regard. Get right down to Research Parkway and get down to like Rams Drive and come back, and you're probably not far from a 5K there already, are you? We're yeah. Planning like an all-day event, like a yeah. Uh, like I said, near Halloween, you know, so we'll, we'll do like a 5K thing at dusk. We're going to have like a concert series all day, like make it a festival kind of thing. I think you guys really have the cat's meow down here. You got space and you got the ability to um, define the boundaries and you've got built-in infrastructure for events. I do a lot of event planning, you know, as everyone knows, and finding and defining the boundary. You got the sunken area here, so that helps you with alcohol control and security and um, just it's pretty awesome good ticketed events down here too if you wanted to it's, we've talked about it we're, we're kind of considering how we could do if we could do that we could do bigger events and so we're trying to kind of figure that out right now yeah it's like when you get in the ticketed events rather than free you got a lot more control issues of having to hire security and yeah and and so far i guess through the first five plus years it's been more about the party and celebration yeah versus kind of doing more um Man, sales you know oriented the, event. The base root of every good event is basically good beer and wine, maybe some mixed drinks if you can get that, 
some music and some good food. Yeah, man. And, and that's all. And then pretty much however you brand it with, let's say it's like, um, you know, something. It can be in like Lexington. It can be the, um, you know, their, their big festival each year that they have. Um, or it can be, you know, a, a bicycle race. But at the, at the base root of the fun of all of it is the, the beer, the food, and the music. Yeah, we got those here. We got a beautiful skyline too, man. It's, it's just a great, great environment. I've come down here and I get goosebumps. I've come down to see you and I've talked to you a number of times and always enjoy um, the collaborations you guys have with the, with the cycling folks too. And it's worked out really well, uh, both for us and them, yeah. Well, on behalf of just... The people that have enjoyed your place and on behalf of just downtown partnership, I just want to say thank you for investing in downtown and thank you for providing this uh, great venue for us. Thanks to everybody out there who uh, supports us too. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.